Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. According to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, there are three definite things that need to take place prior to the Lord's second coming and the rapture of the church. First, the apostasy of God's people must occur. Then the son of perdition, the man of lawlessness, the one we call Antichrist, must rise up and be revealed. And finally, the temple in the holy city Jerusalem must be rebuilt, because at a certain point before the visible return of Christ, this Antichrist seats himself in the temple and exalts himself above all that is called God. There's no single passage in the Bible that gives us all the details and specific timing of the end-time events. For those, we need to go to many different passages in the Bible, one of the most important of which is found in Daniel chapter 9 in the Old Testament in what is known as the 70 weeks of Daniel. Daniel 9:24 says, Seventy weeks are apportioned for your people and for your holy city, to close the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make propitiation for iniquity and to bring in the righteousness of the ages and to seal up vision and profit and to anoint the Holy of Holies. Well, the 70 weeks unfold in the next few verses and we will do our best to touch them today in a brief way. Bob Danker has joined us for more fellowship on uh, these end time topics. Welcome back, Bob. It's good to be back, Chris. This matter of the 70 weeks is truly an amazing prophecy in the book of Daniel. In fact, all the prophecies concerning the Lord's coming have to be referenced to this one prophecy, which really was a vision given to Daniel more than 500 years before the Lord's first coming yeah. through his incarnation. So it's a remarkable, remarkable prophecy. As we pointed out, these uh, 70 weeks are 70 weeks of years, not of days. So 70 times 7, 490 years total in this uh, prophecy, aren't there? That's right. Uh, the 70 weeks in Daniel's prophecy really is, uh, is a span of 490 years. Only this span is interrupted between the 69th week, or the 480th year, and the last week the last seven years of this age. And this is a mysterious mm -hmm. matter. There is a long interruption in this 70 weeks before we come to the last week, the last seven years. And, of course, we know that that last week really pertains to the end times, all the things that will take place 
right up to the time of the Lord's second coming. One misconception, that last seven-year period, that last week, the 70th week of Daniel, is often called the Great Tribulation. Actually, the Great Tribulation refers to the second half of that last week, doesn't it? The last three and a half years. Exactly. The Great Tribulation that the Lord referred to in Matthew is the last 42 months, the last 1,260 days, or the last three and a half years of this age. So, 490 years divided into three segments. We will touch those three segments a little bit uh, today, and I think it will become more clear. All right, why don't we join Witness Lee with our first segment now. You all open to Daniel 9, verse 24, to verse 27. I'll just give you a brief concept concerning the 70 weeks in the prophecy of the Bible. It says clearly that the uh, 70 weeks surely are 70 times 7 years. One week is 7 years. So 70 weeks means 70 times 7 years. This is 490 years. If you read carefully, here it says, Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city. That means these seventy weeks are concerning the uh, children of Israel, thy people, and the uh, holy city, Jerusalem. Then it goes on to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. You read this verse carefully, you could see this is the ending of this age. The ending of this age, to terminate transgression, to terminate sin, to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, this refers to the millennium, to the thousand-year kingdom, where righteousness exists. So this one verse indicates that the 70 weeks will go to the end of this age and to bring in the thousand-year kingdom. Bob, let's talk a bit about this extended period between the 69th and 70th week. We have the 70 weeks broken into three segments in Daniel chapter 9, these few verses from 24 to 27. Uh, We have a seven-week period, which would be 49 years. Then we have a 62-week period, which would be 434 years. Altogether, that totals 483. We'll get into the math in the next segment. But there's a space now between the 483rd year and the beginning of the last seven, which would bring us up to the 490. Let's talk about this interval. Yes, this is very important, Chris. When you read the prophecies in the Old Testament, it's very clear that all the Old Testament prophets spoke about the coming of Christ, both his first coming through incarnation and even concerning his crucifixion, you know, that wonderful passage in Isaiah 53, right, and so forth, and they all referred to the Lord's second coming. Mm -hmm. But one thing that was not revealed to them, the Old Testament prophets, including Daniel, this 
interval or this gap in history between the time of the Lord's crucifixion, which took place at the end of the 69th week Mm. prophesied by Daniel, between that time and the time of the last period of seven years in this age, there is an interval of unknown duration. Now it's approximately 2,000 years this interval has been going on. And during that time, God has temporarily put Israel aside and has turned to the Gentiles. And we can see this very clearly in the New Testament, in the book of Acts. The Jews, first of all, when the Lord came the first time, the Jews rejected him, even crucified him. Right. Then the Lord sent the apostles to the Jews to preach the gospel of the New Testament to them. But they not only rejected the apostles, they persecuted the apostles. So at a certain point in the book of Acts, we can see Paul said, you, the Jews, judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. We turn to the Gentiles. Yes. And that, in a sense, opened up this age of grace, this uh-huh. gap between the 69th week, at the end of that 69th week, the Lord was crucified, and the 70th week. This period was not seen by the prophets of the Old Testament. So the 70th week, this last seven-year period, is really his resumption of the history of Israel, in a sense. This uh, sort of setting them aside is over. This will be spoken of in the next segment a little bit, but we'll also talk about this math. But I was impressed freshly, I think, hearing these verses in Daniel Uh, Once again, all these things that are referred to at the cutting off of the Messiah. How clear a reference is this, Bob, to the Lord's uh, coming and his crucifixion and the work of redemption? It's marvelous. Uh, Foretold by the prophet Daniel uh, almost 500 years before it actually took place. Oh, it is tremendous. So I think all of the um, young believers listening, I hope they get the printed life study messages would be the best, and also the recording of these uh, programs so they can go back over these things, because this is the kind of stuff that really anchors a young believer's faith in God's Word, isn't it? It certainly is. All right, let's go on to the next segment now. Let me read two more of this four-verse passage that encapsulates the 70 weeks of Daniel, verses 25 and 26. Know, therefore, and comprehend from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the time of Messiah the Prince will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. It will be built again with street and trench, even in distressful times. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah will be cut off and will have nothing. And the people of the Prince who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end of it will be with a flood. And even to the end, there will be war. Desolations are determined. All right, let's go back to Witness Lee and pick up this Old Testament math with very New Testament significance. If you study Ezra and Nehemiah, you could uh, see the king of Persia gave the commandment to rebuild Jerusalem until the completion. That was 49 years. And uh, three score and two weeks, and this will be 434, right? Years, and the total is 483, right? Living seven years to the future. And this is the time for the rebuilding of uh, the... uh, Old Jerusalem. 26, and after three score and two weeks, 
shall Messiah be cut off, and this is Christ crucified. You see, listen. After the cross, the seven weeks are suspended. Just suspended. You know, the Lord Jesus in the four Gospels told us that God gave up the children of Israel. God just put them away, and the divine history comes to the church. The history of Israel got off, suspended, waiting for another time. And this suspending period, you know what, will be just about two thousand years. Yeah, this is the church age. This is church history, and the church history is an insertion wedged into the history of the children of Israel, and this corresponds fully with the parables the Lord gave in Matthew. Twenty, twenty-one, and twenty-three. If you read those chapters, you could see how, after the Lord Jesus was crucified, God gave up the children of Israel. God came to the church, so the history of the children of Israel was just suspended there until the end of the church history. Then God came back to visit. The children of Israel, and then the last week will begin, and this continues to make the seventy weeks. And after the seventy weeks, you have the thousand years, and this is the thousand year millennium. And then after that thousand years, you know there will be the new heaven, new earth, with the new Jerusalem. Everything will be new here. That is eternity. Now you got it. Bob, I feel like I should let the listeners in on what we've been talking about. It occurred to me in the first segment as we were listening to、uh, Witness Lee, I was thinking about Romans eleven about the breaking off of the olive branch, where Paul is really. Prophesying there that Israel is going to be set aside, and now you just mentioned it again to me as we were listening to Witness Lee. So I felt like let's open the mic up here and and just bring the listeners into this discussion. It's clear Paul had the understanding here, didn't he, of what God was doing in his move on the earth, his economy. He really did, Chris. The Old Testament prophets, as I mentioned earlier, did not see this interval, which we call the age of the church or the age of grace, when God would work largely with the Gentiles and not. With the Jews,、right. in a sense, Israel was put aside, or has been put aside, since the Lord's crucifixion and resurrection,、uh, or shortly thereafter. Israel has been set aside temporarily, and the history of Israel, in God's divine history, has been interrupted. An insertion has been put into that history, and that insertion is the age of the church, which largely deals with the Gentiles. And if you read Romans. Chapter nine through eleven,、mm-hmm. as a kind of a parenthetical insertion in Paul's、uh, epistle to the Romans, you can see that Paul was absolutely clear about this matter: that God took a turn from Israel to the Gentiles, so that He could build up the church as the body of Christ. Because Romans eight、yes. ends one section of Romans, and Romans twelve picks up with the body. That's right. So Paul was very clear about God's. 
move in his economy, temporarily setting aside the children of Israel and going to the Gentiles so that he could gain a body for Christ, a bride for Christ, and that would pave the way for the Lord to return. And then, in the last seven years, Israel reappears on the scene to play a major role in the end times, before the Lord's coming, and then right on into the millennium, the remnant of the Jews, they will have a special function during that 1,000 years. It's fascinating. All these uh, elements of time are very finite, with the exception of this interval that Paul is talking about in that section, Romans 9 through 11. The 483 years from the time of the decree of the Persian king to go back and rebuild the city until the Lord was crucified, 483 years. I remember many years ago doing a Bible study on this topic, and we researched this out and found it was exactly 483 years, as Daniel prophesied it would be. And then, of course, the last seven years, a very precise number, the last week of years dealing with the history of Israel. Then the thousand-year millennial kingdom, also a finite era. But we're in this fluid period. This is what has been now about 2,000 years, and I think many of us believe that the end is approaching. It's amazing that the Lord withheld this view, even from the Old Testament prophets, but he clearly gave it to Paul, didn't he? He did. He made Paul very clear about this so that he could carry out his economy among the Gentiles to pave the way for his return. Well, Bob, we have the last seven years to deal with now in our final segment. Let's read verse 27 in Daniel 9, because it refers specifically to that period. And he, that's referring to the Antichrist now, will make a firm covenant with the many for one week. That, of course, is with the Jews. And in the middle of the week, he will cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease and will replace the sacrifice and the oblation with abominations of the desolator, even until the complete destruction that has been determined is poured out upon the desolator. All right, let's join Witness Lee for the final portion, and then you and I will have just a couple minutes left to fellowship these points. Before this short period of seven years, Antichrist will rise up and to be very powerful. Because of this, the Jews will be afraid of him. So they were compelled to have an agreement a covenant with Antichrist for seven years. And in that covenant, he will promise the Jews he will not pursue the religion so far, but to the middle part, he will break the covenant. He will not keep his word. He will force the Jews to stop their offering to God. And he himself will be seated in the temple of God, claiming that he is God. And he exalts himself above all God and above all the objects of worship. Now you have some idea, right? And this divides the last seven years into two parts. The first part, the last part. And uh, the Bible doesn't talk about the first part. The Bible talks a lot about the second part. One time, two times, and a half time. That means three and a half years, then 42 minutes, and then 1260 days. This is on Antichrist's part, on his side. 
Then on the lower side, while Antichrist is moving here on this earth, it's quite interesting. The Lord also begins to move down from the heavens to the air. Revelation 12 tells us after the Manchester rapture, there will be the three and a half years. The 144,000 will be also raptured to the throne. If you read Revelation 14, you could see the indication there that after the 144,000 go to the throne of God, there will be the things in these last three and a half years. The first fruit will be raptured, 144,000 will be the first fruit. Then after that, the harvest will be left still on this earth to go through the last half of the seven years, which will be the period of the Great Tribulation. Then where is Sosanen chapter 4? This is the harvest. The harvest will be reaped at the end of the last two and a half years. That means the harvest will be reaped very much at the end of the Great Tribulation. So, Second Thessalonians 2 says, Apostasy must come first. Then Antichrist is revealed. After the revealing of Antichrist, the Lord's parousia will appear. Bob, yesterday's program dealt with this matter of the rapture, and we talked a little bit about Revelation 12, Revelation 14. Let's review that, and again, the time sequence. Now, we have the last seven-year period that has begun. The covenant is formed with the Antichrist and God's people Israel, and they are once again now carrying out their Old Testament to offerings and sacrifices, we're assuming in the temple, and there seems to be a tranquil situation sets in for the first three-and-a-half-year period. Then what happens? Well, then, of course, as prophesied very clearly in Daniel 9.27, Antichrist changes his mind. He decides that he's going to break this covenant that he made with Israel, and then he forbids the Jews from offering their sacrifices And he sets himself up in the temple as an idol. An abomination is called something that God hates. Right in the temple, he dares to seat himself and to claim that he is the very God. This is quite something. And then that begins the second half of the last week. And that will be at the time of the Great Tribulation during which Antichrist will persecute the Jews and the believers in Christ who remain on this earth to pass through that time. That will be a time that we don't like to be here during that time. But it's very clear that this last seven years is divided distinctly into two halves. The Word tells us very, very clearly. It's also very clear from Revelation 12 and 14 that the rapture of the man-child and the first fruits will take place right before that last three and a half years. So some of the believers, the overcoming ones, will be spared passing through that time of tribulation. Then the rapture that was uh, 
spoken of by Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, which is the general harvest, again coming now from Revelation 14, takes place at the end of this final three and a half year period that coincides with the visible appearance of the Lord's second coming. That's right, Chris. So we've had a, a kind of a hidden aspect of his coming, the parousia, as we've spoken before, and then the visible part. By now, the whole church has been raptured. That's right. Bob, I hope you can join us again. I do look forward to it, Chris. Okay, we look forward to hearing from you also. I'd like to give you our toll-free number for you to call. Uh, we have the printed life study volume of 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. We have a host of other resources available, including the recovery version with the marvelous footnotes that help unlock the riches and treasures in these uh, books as well as the rest of them in the New Testament. For all of that, you can reach us toll-free at one eight 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 life study 888-543-3788, or write to us at Living Stream Ministry Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or send an email to us, and you can do that. Just address it to radio at lsm.org. For Bob Danker, I'm Chris Wilde. Thanks very much for listening today. Are you enjoying this program online or on a smartphone right now? Did you know there's much more from Living Stream Ministry that you can carry with you? Go to lsm.org ePublications to discover all that we have available for your tablet, e-reader, or smartphone. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and ePub formats, which means you can read this ministry on any PC, Mac, Android, Palm, Blackberry, Sony, or Linux device. Everything from the recovery version of the Bible to the complete life study messages and a vast array of other titles by Witness Lee and Watchman Nee are now just a touch away. The Word of God is rich and weighty, but now you can take it with you wherever you go. Again, the website, lsm.org slash ePublications. Thanks for listening today.